Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 257 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Daniel Roden. Daniel lives in Red Oak, Texas, and he is a real estate investor. Welcome, Daniel. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Nice to see you this beautiful morning, bright and early. It is, and it's nice in Texas this morning, so that's a good thing. Yeah, we're recording at the end of August. Y'all have had a hot, hot summer and dry, right? We have, but we've just we got over 10 and a half inches of rain and overnight a couple of days ago and set a new record for the most rain in August at the same time of breaking a, one of the worst droughts in Texas in a long time. So that's interesting. <laughs> it is interesting times. We've had a very overcast couple of weeks here at the beach. I'm like, wait a minute, I need the sun. It's the beach. Anyway. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm, I'm done with the sun. Aria, <laughs> I bet. Y'all have had a hot summer. Well, you know, I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? My late wife, she, in 2018, my son was born in 2017. He's four years old now. And, and uh, he was kind of a surprise. She was uh, 38, I guess, when she got pregnant. So she's always been very much a health, kind of health crazy and, and make sure she's always been fit. And she was having some trouble just losing the uh, the weight after our second child. And I'm not sure how she came across your book, Delay, Don't Deny, but she did find it and she read it. And that was in December 2018. And so she immediately uh, started like a 16-hour, 16-8 window, started seeing results. And we were laying in bed, uh, I guess it was probably February 1st, 2019. And she had the book and she was talking about it. And of course, she was always talking about it because it's just wonderful. And she convinced me to read the book. And I don't read books much and but I picked your book up and two days later I had finished it. So I mean I just I picked it up and it was just it just made sense. Well that makes me happy. When I wrote it, I was like, I wonder if men will like this book too. I didn't know. Uh, you know, because I'd never never written a book before. But I'm glad that makes me happy because I and I've heard that from other men. So and I wanted to write a book that wouldn't be like overwhelming or people who didn't like to read would still like it. That was my goal. Yes. And easy to read, quick read, but more information that just wonderful information in it. And, it, you know, also reading it just gives you that confidence to start it. You've got to start somewhere. And I we had been in uh, Illinois a few weeks before and taking a picture of us around the campfire having s'mores. And I'm in the very back and I'm just looking at myself and I'm like, what happened? What, where did I go wrong? And when did I just give up. You know what they call it? The, the dad bod, right? Is that the, the lingo? Like there's the dad bod. I had the mom bod. You, <laughs> you had the dad bod. Well, I'm six foot two. I was at about 320 pounds. So I need to lose about a hundred pounds. So with that picture and then reading your book, I was just like, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to start this and see what happens. And I think I started on a, a 16 hour fasting window and we were eating two small meals a day. And I did that for two weeks and it was very hard. <laughs> the first two weeks were very miserable, which I'm sure you hear that all the time. Yeah, your body's like, what is this? Yeah, they're like, why are you doing this to me? And But after two weeks, it started getting a little bit easier. So that was, like I said, February in 2019. Tony, we were able to do it together for about a year. And I lost, I got down to, I think, 260 pounds and kind of just stayed there. But in my window, I was I was eating too much in my window. That's common, I'm sure. I mean, once you taste food, when you've gone so long without it, you just really don't want to stop eating. And were you still doing like an eight-hour window at that time? Well, it didn't take me long to go to one meal a day like you do. I was like, you know, if I can go 16 hours, why not just go 23 hours and eat for an hour and see what happens. And so, yeah, it wasn't very long into it. I was just one meal a day and, and very happy and, and not getting hungry. You know, drink lots of black coffee and water. I've got mine right here right now. I, I do too. And I'm okay. No cream. I don't think I could drink coffee any other way now, really. I've, I've just, because it's been a few years now, don't want the cream and sugar in it. It's just not the same. The last time I tried to drink it like that, on, I was on an airplane, I think, and my window was open and I'm like, well, I'm going to try this cream and sugar because I'm on an airplane and I, my window's open. And I was like, no, I had to ask her to take it away and bring me black. <laughs> I, I prefer it just really thick and black. <laughs> 
we were able to fast for about a year together and she got sick the next year in January, 2020. She came home and from Illinois, which is where her family lived. And she had just was having nausea and vomiting and it was just every day. So we didn't really know what was going on, but she progressively got worse. So by July, she was losing feeling in her fingertips and her toes and her right on the right side of her body. And I kept fasting throughout it, but she was put on prednisone. So, you know, that fasting and prednisone, I don't think go too well together. It just makes No, because prednisone makes you really hungry. And did they know what was going on? We didn't know what was going on. I knew it was not good at that point because she was such a rapid decline. But it was November before we had uh, an MRI done on her. And I basically had to drag her to the emergency room for that, but she really didn't want to know what was going on either. And that's when they found a brain tumor around her brain stem. I'm so sorry. That was also a hard year to get medical care, I bet. It was. I wasn't able to even go to be there for the biopsy or for the surgery because of COVID. I was stuck at work just wondering, you know, what's going on with my wife and so yeah, that was COVID did not help. So it was a, a brain tumor on her brain stem. On her brain stem. Well, then when they did the biopsy, they noticed she actually had tumor growing inside of her brain stem as well. And they can't operate inside your brain stem. That's the central location of all your nerves and everything goes through there. They wanted us to do chemo and radiation. They didn't really think either one was going to help. And they were concerned about the radiation. They didn't know what they were cutting into with that laser knife. And sure enough, they did cut like some of her optic nerves and her eyes were kind of bouncing up and down and she wasn't able to see and they weren't bouncing together. So it, it, was, it was pretty miserable for her. If, looking back, I would not have done the chemo and radiation, but you know, it's, that's the only options that they have still today is, you know, they just want to put chemo and radiation on it. And well, you know, I think that probably most of us would have made that same decision because They're like, well, we can do nothing or we can try this. And you're like, well, let's try that. And then it didn't go very well. But so in hindsight, you're like, well, I wish I hadn't. But I think most of us would have made that same decision. Yeah, I think most everybody would. You just hope it's something we can hold on to, even if there is none. So and that's kind of where we were at. But I kept fasting throughout it. And she ended up in the hospital for six weeks. And that was in March and April of uh 2021. So she got sick for about 16 months and the chemotherapy actually killed her bone marrow. So she quit producing blood. That was the straw in the camel's back, they say. I mean, if they told me they were going to discharge her from the hospital and that I would have to bring her up there three days a week for blood transfusions. And by that point, it, it was just a miracle to get her in the vehicle just to get her to the hospital when we first brought her up there. And I'm like, how are we supposed to... <laughs> bring her up here three days a week when she was immobile, she was wheelchair bound, totally dependent on me. And you have two children at this time. And how old's the the older one? My older, my daughter is 11 now. She would have been nine when this was going on. She, they actually went to Illinois for, when we were in the hospital, they went to Illinois for two months to stay with her sister, just so I could take care of Tony and focus on her. But at the hospital, she said, well, I'll just go ahead and sign a DNR and we'll just go home and just put me on hospice. And and so we did. And five days later, she was gone. So, oh, I'm so sorry. It's, it's OK. We're Christians. And, you know, so we put our faith in Jesus and and that's what carried us through. So so after that, I was 
still at about 260. I'd lost maybe 50 pounds. I was just like, I'm going to have to add something. Now, this is not working. I'm eating too much in my window. So I decided to join the YMCA and started working out. And that was really what helped me lose the rest of the weight that I wanted to lose. It helped curve my appetite even more to where I wasn't as hungry in my window. So I would eat less, but I was also going to the gym three or four days a week. That's when I was able to get down. I lost, I got down to 212 and decided that was just a little too skinny for me. So I here lately, I've been maybe two days a week eating more of a four hour window, two meals just to kind of maintain. And I put a little weight back on just to feel more comfortable because I had lost too much. <laughs> you know, all that time you were going through, I mean, the most stressful thing that someone can go through watching a loved one suffer for all those months that y'all didn't know what it was and you didn't have any answers, but you knew it wasn't something good. And then watching her be so sick and care for her. So, you know, our bodies don't like to lose weight when we are under that much stress. Stress really does a number on us. So, you know, that was just not the right time. And so you were able to, you know, I'm sure going to the YMCA also helped with your grief, having like an outlet kind of to go work out and moving your body. And I got involved with yoga. I was just getting on the treadmill and then lifting weights and got to a point to where I could get on the, well, not the treadmill, but the uh, elliptical. I would get on there for 45 minutes and almost not even break a sweat. I'd been doing it so much. And I was like, well, I think this is kind of redundant. So I started doing yoga and realized that there's a lot more ways to work out your whole body than just your legs or your glutes or and yoga really was has been wonderful for me. I've, I've really enjoyed it, especially with the anxiety relief and just feeling better and back doesn't hurt as bad. You become very flexible when you start doing yoga. So We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face -face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on 
on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Well, I love that you're doing yoga. So were you the only man in the class or are there a lot of men in the yoga class? Well, there would be a couple more. I had a girlfriend that she did yoga and she convinced me to try it. And most of the time I was the only guy in there, but there may some days there would be three or four. There are some guys and guys are coming around to it. They are. There's a guy. Is this? Do you know Lucas Rockwood? Have you heard of him? I haven't heard that name. I did something with him. I don't think he came on my podcast, but I might have done an Instagram live with him or something like that. He's on Instagram. So are you on Instagram? No, I am not. Okay. Well, I think he's just mainly on Instagram, but his name is Lucas Rockwood, I think. Rookwood, I don't know, one of those, Rookwood or Rockwood, he is a yoga guy. I don't know if he has YouTube videos or not, but that might be worth joining Instagram just to look for him and see. Yeah, I mean, check him out. I do yoga with Cassandra at home now through YouTube. She's got a YouTube channel. and She's very good about instructions and, and helping you with the poses and, and talking you throughout it. She's very much a multitasker, so I, I really do enjoy doing yoga with her. Well, I wish I could do it. It makes me queasy and dizzy. I, my inner ear, no, really, I mean, that sounds crazy, but like just the other day I was leaning over doing something and it made me dizzy. Just something about my inner ear doesn't do well with that kind of, I, when I tried yoga, being upside down, just mm, I can't do it. Well, in Tyler, where I was at a yoga studio, they did hot yoga, so they would crank it up to about 95 degrees in there. That's totally different. That's really tough when it's that hot and you're going through that such a workout so that you're just sweating. And I sweat anyway, so it's really bad for me. It's kind of disgusting. But I could go through three towels easily in that 45 minutes of yoga. That's great. So you've seen your body change. I guess you built a lot of muscle. Yes, built quite a bit of muscle back from what I had in my 20s that I'd lost and still doing yoga. I'm not, I haven't been doing it as much here in the last few weeks. School started. So, you know, losing my wife. So I went from, you know, letting her maintain the house and the kitchen and taking care of the kids for the most part. We homeschooled for forever. And when she passed, I decided to put them both in like a Christian Academy just because I need a break. I mean, I'm with them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And all of a sudden I had to become a house, you know, homemaker and cook and sole disciplinarian. And so I was like, you know, I could homeschool or I could just take this time for myself and enjoy the time away from them and, and, and work. I, you know, not even all women would be good at, at homeschooling like that. I was not I mean, I was a teacher, so people might be like, that sounds crazy. You were a teacher. Why couldn't you have homeschooled? It's different when it's your own kids. They tend to put up a fight. Well, you know, I've got two very strong-willed children, which is actually a good thing, serves them well in life, but it's not a good thing when you're at the house trying to get them to do something and they're pushing back. They responded better to other people teaching them things. Like if I told them something, they're like, no, that's not true. That's not right. That can't be true. But if their teacher told them, so, you know, I, I actually think that was probably a great decision. If, if you're not feeling it, then there's schools and there's definitely a place to put to find that they can thrive. 
And I did homeschool Julia for, she missed a whole year of school, actually, when Tony got sick. It was just being homeschooled and Tony was the homeschool teacher. So we, you know, we put her education on the back burner. We did, you know, that was life at that time. And so she's actually in fifth grade when she should be in sixth. But I spent about six weeks homeschooling her in the summer to see if I could get her caught up to fourth grade. And with both of us grieving, it was a nightmare. It wasn't going to work. She had forgotten how to learn. For one, it was tough. So, Well, grief will do that. And I would imagine with the pandemic, she's not the only child who is behind in her learning for her age. Like, I think a lot of people did not get what they needed, you know, with the learning from home that people were having to do. And with parents who were not homeschool parents, they just didn't know what to do. And the the schools were doing their very best, but a lot of kids. So she's, you know, not going to feel too behind, I bet, compared to everybody else. No, she's in the 97 percentile for her height. It is a little bit different. She's she's really tall in a in a classroom of kids that are a year younger, and that's a little tough on her. But when I decided to put her in school, I thought about my history, and if my mom would have tried to teach me, it wouldn't have worked. But when a teacher, someone I don't know, is instructing me, oh my goodness, if I don't please them, then my heart would be broken. And I knew that's how I was in school, so I was like, okay, let's get her in school and see how she does when she has a teacher to to answer to, and it, it totally changed things. She. Within a month, she was able to learn. And and within three months, she wasn't asking for homework help. She was able to go to the book. And so it it was the right decision. Well, this teacher right here, me, I think you were right to do that. You know, that's what she needed. And she's thriving. So we're, we're glad to hear that. She's in a new school this year. And my son is in pre-K with her, and but she's doing well, doing well there too. And with her height, I really wanted her to stay and have an opportunity to play sports. Her mom was a star basketball player, and my daughter can pick up sports as quick as anybody. And so I don't want her to miss that opportunity in life. Well, especially being tall, you're tall and, and Tony was tall. So it sounds like Julia is, and she's going to have that advantage of being a little older. That actually will probably serve her well. Have you talked to her about that? Yes. <laughs> yeah, because she'd be like, well, I'm just going to be great at basketball. <laughs> and she likes basketball. Not really. We've practiced some with her. She's not so much into sports. She played soccer for a summer, and it was okay. And she did some taekwondo, and she didn't really want to do that anymore. I think she's got some of that in me because I, I played golf in high school, and that's what I enjoyed. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's It's kind of a wait and see. I think she would enjoy softball, and that's – what I really would like to get her into. Volleyball, she's played and she doesn't think she's very good, but I've been practicing with her. And She's still so young. By the time she gets into, really, they start really getting into all that. I mean, I don't know what it's like now. I'm just thinking about my, my own experience. It wasn't really until, gosh, middle school, high school, that you start really getting exposed to those things in gym class more and more. And that's when people really started to gravitate to what they were good at. And she's never had gym before. And there's schools that she's in now. She's got a gym or a PE class. So, so that may mold her a little bit to get ready for sports in high school, which is what I'm hoping. And that's one of the reasons I moved school. I wanted her to have a physical education and to see what she can do with sports. So Yeah, I, th- I think that was probably a good idea. So let's go back. Let's go back even before that moment when, you know, you looked at that photo and realized you were, you know, 320 pounds and you needed to do something. When did you start having a weight problem in your life? Were you heavy as a child? I was pretty sick. I probably started about sixth grade. 
my parents, they're my mom's 68 and she was very much old fashioned. And you sat down at the table and you had to clean your plate. And she forced that on us. And now really wish she hadn't have. I don't do that to my kids. I don't make my kids eat unless they're hungry. And if they say they're full, then then I, I let them be full. I don't think our bodies were meant to just wake up, eat a meal, and then have to eat one four or five hours later, and then have to eat another one four or five later. I, I don't agree with that concept. I think we're, you know, probably 2,000 years ago, they probably ate one meal a day. I think they probably did. I mean, just also thinking about how hard it is to prepare food from what you could get in nature. Like the amount of time that it takes, like, you know, I have made my own bread before from, you know, milling my wheat with a, but I have all these appliances that do it for me. (laughs) But even that is hard, you know, Uh, but I could just go buy some bread. But if you go back, you know, to what life was like before all the modern conveniences, people had to, like, had to go find it. They had to harvest it. They had to grind it up. They had to, I mean, you would not have had time to do anything else other than just prepare these meals. I don't think people were, were just, you know, eating all day long either. I really think they probably ate once a day or and probably not every day for that matter. Uh, I imagine there was quite a few days they just were unable to eat just because of lack of food and everything else. So, and that was, you know, that's been an encouragement throughout, uh, you know, my fasting journey is just thinking I'm not the first one to do this. So this is how it used to be. And it's not new. We're not doing something new. We're not, we're not doing anything new. We're just remembering something old. You know, I just always think about that it's in every major religion. Every major religion includes fasting in a way that is purposeful. Like they have periods of fasting. You know, in the in the Christian Bible, it says when you fast. Like that word when is in there. Not like if you fast. No, when you fast, like implying you will fast, right? There were times that it was expected. That's been a big encouragement is yeah, to like I say, my faith being a Christian, we're instructed to fast, and there's a reason behind that. When I do like a 38 hour fast, it's intentional, and when I make that goal, it's so empowering, and it's just that carries over into so many things in life that it's been wonderful. Well, fasting is a discipline, right? And that is, I've been thinking about that lately because you know there there are people who struggle with it. And the word discipline just keeps coming into my mind. Like everything we do that's good for us requires some discipline. Maybe you don't like to floss your teeth or you don't want to, you know, move your body and you don't want to take the time to, you know, prepare a meal that is more complicated. And you just want to eat something fast or you want to eat now or you don't want to wait. You don't want to delay or deny. I don't want to delay or deny, right? But there is that discipline, you know, in the title, Delay Don't Deny. Delay is a discipline. You got to do something. You have to do some hard things. It's not always going to be easy, but it it gets easier over time, wouldn't you say? Well, the reward is not denying. So you have to practice the discipline so that you don't have to discipline yourself as much. So yeah, there's the reward is is what's wonderful. So I was chubby in, in school and when I hit my about 19, 20, I started going to the gym and I actually started fasting at that point because I had tried diets and like the Atkins. I was like, I'm not going to eat cabbage the rest of my life. And that's the only way I'll be able to keep this weight off. I was like, I can't do that. What can I do or can I control to lose this weight? And I decided then at the age of 19 to quit eating so much. So I was doing some four or five day fast 
and then eating a little bit and had no idea that it was a thing, which this was 20 years ago. So, but I'd actually done this before, just not on a scheduled and kind of a routine type fasting. It was just, I you need didn't to- like, or intentionally, you didn't call it like I'm fasting. You didn't really know anything about the science of it. You're just like, I need to lose some weight. Maybe I just won't eat so much. That was basically it. And it worked. It worked then. So after reading your book, I decided that, you know, well, absolutely. It's, I've lost the weight this way before and I can't diet. I can't count numbers and it doesn't work for me. All it does is just make me angry. You're going to have to continue that. It, it doesn't stop when you get to your goal weight. That's what's kept me away from dieting. And so with the fasting, it's just so much easier. It's just so intentional and empowering. When when I go to, say, lunch with family and there'll be 10 of us at a table and I order water and the waitress gets to me and says, what do you want to eat? And I said, no, I'm not eating. And everybody just kind of looks at me and then doesn't make me feel bad. It makes me feel strong. It makes me feel yeah, very strong. And so I like to go out to eat with family and drink water while, and watch them eat. People often worry about that. They worry that they'll look weird or feel weird or everybody will judge them for not eating. And it really doesn't have to be that way. Those are stories we're telling our, ourselves in our heads that people are thinking about what you're doing. And even if they are, who cares? When I talk to my mom about fasting, she just freaks out. And I tell her, well, I haven't eaten in two days. And she's just like, oh my gosh, you go in there and get something to eat. I'm like, mom, I don't have to. That's what you don't understand is I don't have to go in there and get something to eat. But with her, it's all right, that scares her to death. So I've got to where I don't talk about it much with my mom because she doesn't get it yet. What's funny is some maybe maybe one day her doctor will like recommend it for her because we hear that sometimes. Like people will say, well, you know, and she is diabetic, but I've seen p- diabetics who uh, started the fasting and their bodies do get regulated to it, and it, they actually come off of their medications and. And that's what's funny. So Red Oak, small town, Ferris is is town next over where I was going to church. And so our whole church family was getting involved with fasting, the women, not the guys. But there was probably 15 women that have all started on the journey of fasting. They've had success, but then they reach a point where they're just like, I'm just hungry and I'm getting hangry. And so they'll kind of back off of it and go back to their old ways. And, and the weight comes back on pretty quick when you when you go from not eating to just eating whenever you want to again. It doesn't take long to gain the weight. That's the thing, about, uh, the thing about fasting is it really does need to be a lifestyle. And I wonder, is it because they're not giving it long enough for their body to adjust? Or could it be maybe when people are hangry, I wonder if they're not fasting clean. That's what I wonder sometimes is if it's, why is it not so hard for me, but you guys are struggling so much with it. Are are you cheating too much? Because if I were to cheat on my one meal a day, it wouldn't take long before I'd want to cheat again. Right. Or if you were putting cream in your coffee and having lemon water and drinking diet sodas, that's when it's really hard. Yes. And that's just going to make me want to do that more. So I've been pretty strict with it. And that's the reason I've had such great success and but there's, there's a whole community, and there's some other ladies in our community that have done the fasting and have lost 150 pounds and have kept it off. So I, it's just kind of spreads what, because when you're fasting, you just can't help but talk about it. So I've introduced a lot of people to it. My brother's, he's fasting now, and he's, he's a fireman, and it took a few years to get him convinced that you can do it. And so, but yeah, he's on a 16, 16 hour fasting window now and doing very well with it. But um, your name comes up 
and your name of your book comes up all the time. It just, so I feel like I know you. <laughs> because well, that's funny. well, you do, you know a lot about me. <laughs> I do know a lot about you. For three and a half years, I've constantly talking about fasting and how it's changed my life. And But that's how that motivates me to keep sticking with it too, just to talk about it. And just that really does help to feel like you're connected to it. And when you talk about it, whether you're, you know, in an online community or whether you're in your real community, but you're, you're sharing it and there's other people, you know, that are doing it. It just, it remains in the forefront. You know, it doesn't fade away. You don't just like gradually stop doing it. Of course, you don't want to because it feels so good. You don't want to quit. And one of my favorite things is how much better food tastes when you delay. It's strange. That's kind of confusing and strange how it works like that. But I've never had such great food in all my life. Well, you know, what's the saying? Hunger is the best sauce, right? It is. I haven't actually had a breakfast or like breakfast for dinner. And since I started fasting, I haven't had bacon and eggs or biscuits. I don't know. That may be a fear of if I eat that, maybe I'm going to want that in the mornings again. I don't know. But I haven't cooked breakfast for dinner because I want a steak or I want pizza. I mean, I like breakfast at breakfast and I've had breakfast for dinner plenty of times. But since I started fasting, that's just not what I want. I'd rather have well, that makes sense. You know, there are people who really love breakfast foods and would miss them a lot. And that's where the breakfast for dinner can be a, a great idea. But if you prefer dinner food, like I would be the person when I was young, when I was a kid, I wanted pizza for breakfast. Like I would wake up in the morning. I didn't want cereal. I wanted pizza. <laughs> I like the, those foods. But we do have breakfast for dinner sometimes. It was actually kind of funny. Chad was, we had um, our meal delivery box didn't come Something happened with the delivery of it last week. So I had to like figure out meals. And I'm like, I am not making dinner every single night without this food delivery box. And he's like, well, we could have some easy things like breakfast for dinner. I'm like, uh, that is not an easy thing. <laughs> Maybe it, you think it's an easy thing, but you know, having to like make grits. He likes grits and eggs and bacon. I'm like, none of those things are easy. I don't know. <laughs> no, making bacon is a big to do. Like, I don't want to make that. <laughs> So I made chili in the when the instant pot and we ate that for like three days when I baked potatoes every night. That was easy. So are you the, the cook of your family? Do you cook dinner? Well, I was even when Tony was around. I'm, I learned to cook at an early age and I'm a pretty good cook. So I've always done most of the cooking except when I was working, you know, at a warehouse or whatever. But yeah, you know, grilling, uh, smoking briskets. I love that kind of stuff. So That sounds very Texas. Yes, it is. Very, very Texas. <laughs> also very Southern. We do that a lot because we've got the seasons for it, right? We do a lot of outdoor stuff. And then, you know, but I'm still having to prepare meals for my children at least twice a day. And I'm thankful that that's not an issue. It was kind of a fear at first, like, well, I'm going to be cooking this food and smelling it. And am I going to want to start eating with my kids? And, um, but it's, it, it hasn't start hasn't happened, so I'm very thankful for that. You're right that that is a thing some, that a lot of people fear because they're like, how am I possibly going to prepare food for people and then not eat myself? And like, well, it's, it's just another task, like doing the laundry or vacuuming the floor. You just preparing the food for your children is a task. You do it. You don't have to eat it. So, what do they think about about dad fasting? They're happy. Uh, I mean, they. They don't make fun of my belly anymore or anything, you know, they're, they're happy to see me in shape. And, and, you know, when you lose weight and you go to the gym and you're working out, you tend to 
be happier. So they're very thankful that I'm fasting. And one of these days, you know, with my family and my late wife's family, they're they're big. So there's I don't know the genetics of it, but I'm sure some of it's genetical. And and so I'm setting the example for them as look, guys, and you know, you don't have to eat if you don't if you're not hungry. Well, I love that. They've got this tool in their toolbox for when they're grown, if they start to struggle they're going to know what to do. Yes, I think they will, will follow in step very easily. They kind of already are. I, and like I say, I, I don't force them to eat breakfast or, or lunch. It's when they start getting hungry, then I'm like, okay, well, let's figure out what you want to eat and go from there. I love that. That really, I think, is how it's supposed to be. And it's really hard just because of the, the scheduled nature of our lives. Like we have breakfast time, lunch time, especially while they're in school, you know, their breakfast time before school or even at school, and then the scheduled lunch time. And we learn from these scheduled things that this is when you're supposed to eat. And, you know, there are even in some schools, there are people walking around the cafeteria encouraging children to eat their food. Like, finish that up. You need to finish your sandwich. I'm like, no, <laughs> not if you're not hungry. But the problem is they might be hungry in two hours and they're not going to be able to whip out that sandwich. So that's where the, the challenges are. But that's okay, too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Being hungry and not getting to eat sometimes, that's not such a bad thing. So that's a very good point. There will be another opportunity to eat later. Absolutely. But I know with children, it's a little different. I mean, they're growing and, and they do need food. So, you know, I keep snacks with them and stuff like that. But for the most part, I don't worry about if they're hungry, they'll tell me. So Exactly. That's really true. They, they really will. So have your tastes in food changed at all throughout your fasting journey? Well, I prefer to eat exactly what I want to eat. So my taste, I mean, I eat a lot of steak. I love steak and that's kind of the reward system with this too. I mean, if... If you're going to delay and decide what you want to eat later, then you really, you know, it's, it's up to you. If you're saving money in groceries for one thing. So if you want to have a steak, then you can have a steak. Exactly. Because you didn't waste the money on the breakfast and the lunch <laughs> that you didn't need. That's exactly right. I mean, you used the words before you said you can't diet. I feel that exact same way. Like I will never count foods in any way ever again. Like when I was doing Zoe for the science of it, and I really enjoyed it, and I think it was worthwhile doing, the part about having to track what I was eating to get the data just about killed me. Now, I love Zoe. I, if I could go back in time, I would do it again. And I might do it again in the future. So even though I said I don't like to track, I'm not saying that I never would try it again for that purpose, but not for the purpose of dieting. I will never again, yeah, just for the data of doing Zoe, I would like to maybe have a retest one day and see, you know, how's my gut changed over time. And But but I will never, ever, 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 ever again do a diet where I am counting things. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Like <laughs> I had some window creep this summer. And I, I realized I kind of always probably did. Like even when I was teaching before I retired, summer was just more relaxed. And then the school year would start. I'd get back in my school routine and wait till I got home from work to eat. So I just started in August. I'm waiting till five to open my eating window. Man, it feels good. It, it feels good to wait till five. You know, I'm, I put a little more discipline in there instead of being like, oh, it's two o'clock. I can eat if I want to. I'm in maintenance. I can if I want. Well, I can, but didn't help the honesty pants over the summer. <laughs> so I'm waiting till five. It's now August 25th. I've been doing this since the beginning of August. And now it just feels, it feels really good. And like last night, 
Chad and I went over to the beach house about 5.30, almost 6 o'clock. We had cheese and crackers and wine on the porch. Just, you know, what we wanted to eat with some really good cherry preserves. And then we had, I made an amazing dinner. You know, I'm not worried about fat grams and the carbohydrate grams and whatever. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, we had more wine and we sat and looked at the ocean. And it just felt like, like, this is how it's supposed to be. We're supposed to enjoy our food and enjoy the time that we're eating it and not have to stress about how many carbs were in that. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's harder to focus than ever these days. Thankfully, C4 has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus containing 200 milligram of natural caffeine, a blend of vitamins and zero sugar. It was formulated to support your well-being and help you feel your best, all while enhancing mental focus. From your brain to your body, C4 Smart Energy does it all and tastes amazing. Look for Smart Energy in the beverage aisle at your local Kroger, Albertsons, and Safeway grocery stores. C4 Smart Energy. Stay focused. Yeah, I love when I talk to people about, or, you know, say, look, no, you know, they're like, hey, you want to go get something to eat? I'm like, no, I'm an intermittent faster, so uh, I don't eat but one time a day. And I hear it all the time. They're like, you know, I've really thought about doing that. And so that's when I'm like, I, I get excited because I'm like, well, let me tell you, it's not as hard as you think it would. I said, just try for two weeks and see if it doesn't get a little bit easier. And I said, if you can just push through those first two weeks, I said, you can, you can do it. So I love it when when they say, I've always thought about trying that. Yeah, well, we were on the beach last night after we had our dinner. And I had my glass of wine. I was finishing it. So we're walking along the beach and there was a lady walking her dog and we started talking to her and it was getting dark. And of course, by the end of the conversation, we're talking about fasting because, you know, people always say things like about their weight. Like people just bring it up at some point. And she's like, well, I really, I'm working on losing some weight. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I've got some stuff to tell you. <laughs> I don't know why people always bring it up, but they they do. But And she was like, yeah, I'm going to get Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm going to read it. So I would actually meant it to tell you that. You're recommending Delay, Don't Deny, which I really love that book too. But for people who are starting out, Fast Feast Repeat is a good, good option if they would read the 28-day Fast Start chapter. Because that really will help them know what to expect. So the 28-day fast start of Fast Feast Repeat, I'm really, really pleased that I thought to put that in there. Because I mean, you can tell people all the time that it's going to take you a while to adjust and expect weight loss. But I really had to like really say it in the 28-day fast start chapter. You know, don't expect weight loss at first. Because that's why people quit. People quit early. They quit early because, well, two reasons. One, they're not fasting clean and it's hard. But even if you are fasting clean, it can be hard during the adjustment phase. And if they don't expect the hard, then they don't know it's going to get better. Like say, it's going to be hard and then it will get better. And also people get frustrated because they don't lose weight right away. 
And so I was very, very clear in the 28-day fast start chapter, that's not even something that should be on your mind during the first 28 days. Weight loss should, and I was going to have it be 21 days. I'm like, that's not enough. It needs to be at least 28 and maybe 42. I don't know, but 28 seems like a good number because that's like the average time that it takes people to adjust. But knowing that it's not going to be quick and it might not be easy at first, but it will get better. And then you'll see that slow and steady weight loss after your body adjusts. You know, having those realistic expectations is key. I remember my my literary agent was like, well, as we're, we're publicizing the book before it comes out, what should we tell people? How much weight will they lose in the first 28 days? 10 pounds, 20 pounds? I'm like, zero pounds. They're like, oh, that isn't going to sell on magazine covers. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> I was fortunate. I, I lose weight very easily, but I can put it on very easily. So I did lose 10 pounds really quickly. I was fortunate. But uh, Tony at the time, it took her, like you said, a little bit, look, took her a little bit longer to start seeing results. But that's just everybody's body is different. So. Exactly. And a lot of that really quick loss is like inflammation or like, like people will lose a lot of fluid just because we retain a lot of water with our inflammation when we're eating all the all the time and just not having that anymore. That'll really you make us lose. Like if all the weight we lose right away was not fat, like fat loss actually happens pretty slowly. But there's a lot of other stuff going on in there at the same time. Mine was mostly water weight, I'm sure. Yeah, but I mean, it still feels good to lose it because if you're all puffy and swollen and you're losing 10 pounds of anything, that's 10 fewer pounds that you're not carrying around. The best decision I made was going to the gym. That was incorporating that, put a little bit of extra motivation to watch what I eat. If I'm going to go to the gym and, and work out and do this to myself, then I'm certainly not going to go home and eat pizza and then eat whatever I want to five hours later. That was kind of the turning point for me when, when I decided to, to try something different. And I know people don't like to work out, but I don't either. I hate it. I can't stand working out. Oh, gosh. But you're enjoying the yoga, right? I enjoy it. It's still hard. And I actually was doing some yopai, which is yoga Pilates combined. And, and that I did not enjoy. <laughs> that was too hard. I enjoy the yoga just, I think, mostly because the anxiety relief that comes with it. But it's still, it's it's hard to lay your mat down and get started with it. Well, it is. Getting started is the harder part. And back to that discipline that we talked about before. You know, you know, this is good for your body. You know, we're aging. I'm a little ahead of you on that department, but not by much. But, you know, building muscle, like suddenly, like I always thought of, of exercise as only something that you did because it was going to help you lose weight. That's what we were trained, you know, so, you know, sweating to the oldies, you know, no pain, no gain. But now that, that I'm older, suddenly I've realized, oh, if we're going to age well and be able to get up off the floor, when we're 70, we need to have strong muscles. And exercise helps our bones stay strong. You know, we don't want to be like fracturing our hip, you know, because we're weak. And so I've started doing water aerobics. I'm loving it. I've been doing it since we moved to this new neighborhood. And I love, and I also love the people there. The water aerobics people are fabulous. It's like a big community in the pool, <laughs> getting to know the, the people there. It's the same faces every day. And we're all doing our water aerobics. It's very social. But we also have the weights, the little water weights. Look, you see, I'm building, building my muscle. I'm showing, showing Daniel my muscle. <laughs> but the motivation for doing it is not, you know, I want to lose weight. The motivation is I want to be strong, strong and healthy. And I've realized you, you do need to find a way to move that you love. And I wonder what you could enjoy more. If you don't like what you're doing now, I wonder what you could do that you might like more. 
I'm sure there is something. I've just been kind of been just so busy and stressed here lately that I think that's probably why I haven't enjoyed or been able to put the mat down in front of the TV and do it. But yeah, it's been about two weeks, I think, since I've done any yoga, but I probably will do some <laughs> when we're finished here. Just because. Today, it'll inspire you. Yeah, pull out that mat. And I was hoping today's call would inspire me to get back on the on the exercise regimen. It's time to do it. Now, did, you were going to the Y. You were doing yoga there. I wonder, did you stop going and start doing it at home more? I will tell you, the, the reason I'm saying that is because I am a very social person. And like if I had to go to the pool and do water aerobics by myself or like put on a water aerobics tape at a pool, I mean, I wouldn't do it. It's because there are other people there and like the <laughs> the social aspect of it really helps me. And that's kind of what happened. I, I planned on moving to Tyler to uh, spend some time near a girlfriend and we split up. So I'd already canceled my membership at the Y, but I had a membership at the yoga place out there in Tyler. And I said, well, I'll just start doing it at home and was doing really good at first on, you know, sometimes it takes taking your keys and getting in the truck and just starting the drive to the gym. And so my mind is going back and forth. Well, do I need to start my membership at the Y again? That's what, that is what Jen is suggesting. <laughs> Seriously, I, I think there's something about going somewhere and doing it. And also, I am one of those people, I get bored. You know, if I'm at home doing something, I'm like, I've done this. I'm sick of this. I'm going to do something. Else. Or like I'm on the floor. Like I've, I had a yoga mat. I didn't move it with us. Like I had it from when I would go do Pilates at the Y in Augusta. And then I quit doing that. But I would be laying on the floor on my mat and I'd look over and I'd be like, I really need a vacuum. <laughs> I'd be like, well, I'm just going to vacuum instead. <laughs> so, and I was like, well, that's exercise. And by, by the time that was all done, I had completely talked myself out of doing the workout. But if I get to water aerobics, you know, there I am. I'm not going to stop in the middle of it because I'm bored because I'm not bored because I'm talking. We're all talking the whole time. So, <laughs> And that's um, now the kids back in school, I've got time where I can go back to the gym. And, and so that, I've pretty much decided that's probably what I'm going to have to do. But I still maintain the weight loss just because, you know, I don't, I eat once a day. So when I cut the gym out, I didn't gain weight. So it's a very, the lifestyle change has been wonderful on so many different levels. So um, besides the weight loss, have you had any positive health changes that you can speak about? Well, I have sarcoidosis. It's a uh, autoimmune disease. And typically, so for the last 10 years, when I first found out I had it, my vitamin D levels would always be low. And so every time I do a lab and, you know, the doctor calls me and says, well, we want to talk about your lab. And I'm like, what, my vitamin D is slow. They're like, yeah, that's the only thing. And well, the last time the labs called, hadn't had any labs done in a while. I asked them, you know, so, so my vitamin D, it's bad. And they're like, no, your vitamin D is okay. And, and I wonder if that's from just my lifestyle change on, on eating and, and everything else, because it, it does... You know, it, I don't have a gallbladder, so I had my gallbladder removed. And so that part, I mean, that that's just been awful. But with eating one meal a day, that part of my life has become so regular that that's been a bonus. Good, because we do hear sometimes from people that worry about, you know, can I do intermittent fasting without a gallbladder? Am I going to be able to eat, you know, in a shorter period of time? You know, will my body be able to handle it? But you haven't had any problems. In fact, you're feeling better. It's been amazing. It's It's been wonderful. Well, I've noticed with the fasting, it you know, like I talk about the empowerment and how strong it makes you feel. That that carries over into everything. I mean, I have more confidence in everything I do now. Not just, um, you know, saying no to food 
until later, but jumping into things that I might be scared of doing or anxious about, it makes it easier just because I know that I can have success in, in something that I'm new at. You just have to stick with it. And so it does. It carries over into everything in life. It does. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Well, I would tell people, and I do tell people, it's like, if you just give it a shot and don't think about how hard it is in those first few weeks, just think about the reward. Think about when you do finally get to eat that day, you know, how how great that is and, and dwell on that. And just try not to focus on on how hard it is to to say no right now, because it does get easier. Because so many of my friends that we've tried to introduce to, they they're, they go a week, week and a half, and they're just like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm, and I'm like, if you just give it a little more time. So I, I just say don't give up. I wonder if some of them are trying to do too much too soon. They probably are. Yeah. You got to ease in. Not everybody's going to rip off that Band-Aid and start with, 23-1. You know, they need to ease in, take it slow by slow or slow day by day, like couch to 5K. You don't just get up off the couch, run the 5K the first day. You have to like train yourself to do it. So, And that's what I found is, is so many just, they want to give up when it's so hard. And I think that's just human nature, but the reward will come if you just stick with it. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for sharing your story today and also sharing Tony with us and um, your whole journey. And I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast, American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre-order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books.